What is up? We are back. This is a special edition of Football Life Presents the Audible. This AFC East week on this Monday, July 19th, coming at you on our different on a different day, Monday, compared to our Tuesday. Uh, our Matt Bushnell, not in Arizona today, but in the airways of Indiana, the good old Midwest. How are you doing today, man? Man, Randy, it was a long and arduous trip. I've made it. I'm here back in, well, I mean, technically it is Chicagoland. It's all one big suburb. So sweet home, Chicago. Uh, yeah, that's great. I'm happy for you. I get to go to the White Sox game tomorrow. And uh, yes, joining us now is, uh, you know, he wasn't in the pre-show meeting, so you're already getting minus points taken off for that. <laughs> Jacob Anthony Moses of the Step Back Over in Basketball Life, rocking that Jeff Green. How you doing, oh, man? I'm doing good, my brothers. It's good to be on once again. See y'all. Uh, so beautiful faces, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nah, thank you for inviting me on, man. I was, I've been waiting for this one. You know, you in a comment, you're always a staple in our comment section. You always have beef about what we talk about with the Jets. <laughs> now you got the time to react to us. So, you know, I'm ready to hear some Jets talk. I'm ready to for you to bash some other teams in the division. This is going to be a good show. It's going to be a long list. Long list of Jacob Stripes <laughs> coming up. Absolutely. Uh, I love that. But before we get into it, uh, let's just say episode 66 right off the bat here. Jacob, you're not familiar with the number game that we have here. I'll get us going here, Matt, while you just to get your number 66 situated. Uh, the number I, the person I think of a number 66, especially in football, is David Deal, the Giants offensive lineman. I got several autographed items of Giants stuff from David Deal. I met him at a Giants training camp one time. One of the cooler dudes on those two Super Bowl teams the Giants had, Dave Deal, number 66. Versatile offensive lineman, too. All right, Matt, number 66, who comes to mind for you? Clyde Bulldog Turner, baby. Um, Chicago Bears don't have a lot of famous 66. But he was a corner or center slash linebacker for the Bears from the 1940 to 1952 for the Chicago Bears. Many championship rings. He was the Tom Brady before Tom Brady, my friend. Oh, boy. All right, Jacob, you got a number 66 that comes to mind? Yes. Super Bowl champion, left guard, Randy Rasmussen. All right. His name is Randy. He's a champion. All right. There there you go right there. I'm a fan. I don't even know anything else about him. I'm a fan. (laughs) Spent his entire career with the Jets. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Super Bowl three Jets is then. Very, very nice. All right. Well, it's AFC East week. That's why we have our friend Jacob on. It's a continuing with our divisional previews. And uh, look, we're going to start with probably uh, the most polarizing team in this division. A team that is a much disdain to Jacob and honestly most of the league for the last 20 years. Um, But the New England Patriots are no longer the cream of the crop of the NFL. Um, They came back to earth in a post Tom Brady world in 2020. But they did go on a free agency spending spree in the offseason, Matt. And we talked about that in our free agency special. They spent a lot of money, but I feel like they spent a lot of money on guys who um, might not be worth the money. So, um, Matt, you know, you look at the Patriots. They, they tried to do like a quick retool here, but I'm kind of scratching my head still at some of the moves they made in the offseason. Yeah, I think what the Patriots did, they took a look at the COVID situation they went through this past season, and they realized that they had more players opt out for COVID, more starters than any other team in the NFL. So you're going to get them back. Obviously, their defense started off really well last year, but faded towards the end. Depth was an issue. Also, opponents, and they played in a very um, offensively challenged AFC East outside of Buffalo. So I think what New England did, I, I, I like what they did. I think Matt Judon gives them a little bit of extra um, pass rush. But really, you see a guy like Nikhil Harry 
and he wants to be traded now. And the wide receiving core, the quarterback position is Cam Newton, the long-term answer here. They re-signed him, mm-hmm. which I don't disagree with. Uh, you know, then Mac Jones, I uh, a lot of people love Mac Jones. I don't. So I'll be interested to see how it all shakes out. But I don't have many issues with their free agency bonanza. I don't mind like signing John New Smith and Hunter Henry in theory. I do think they overpaid a little bit for those guys. But when you think of the Patriots, you know, you go back to the Gronk two tight end sets they always used to run. Um, Where I start to have issue with the receivers, like Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, they overpaid quite a bit, I think. Uh, Jacoby Myers, I think, is better than both of those guys, and he's already on the roster. I don't think either of those guys helped solidify the number one receiver issue that they had there. Um, They they had a nice draft. I, 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 you know, I, I like. Christian Barmore getting him in the second round is good value. Mac Jones in the middle of the first round, I don't think is a, a high risk decision. I think that's fine for where he went. They didn't trade up and the, trade the farm to get him. So, you know, he's a project who's going to play behind Cam Newton. Jacob, I, I know that we talk a lot about the Patriots and how they used to be, but they're not that way anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill coming out there and spending like crazy kind of showed me he didn't want that to be the reality for the Patriots. But also, I like I said, I don't love the moves that they made. What did you make of the Patriots offseason? It was just to keep them afloat. That's how I look at it. Mm -hmm. And the most pressing issue, I think that they still haven't addressed is Stephon Gilmore. What are they going to do with him? Because they're having their contract situation. So what are they going to do? Me, that's Jeff Finn. Last as long as you can. I want all the trouble for this (laughs) team as humanly possible. But let's (laughs) be honest. They're still the Patriots. They're going to be competitive when they step out on that field, no matter what they do. It goes with Cam Newton. You know, if Cam Newton plays halfway decent, they're going to have a decent record. It's just no matter what you do or what you try to do, you try to kick the Patriots to the curb and finally get rid of them. They're just like a net. They always find a way to ruin the season or do something well. And I give Bill, I give BB a lot of a lot of credit because he's able to keep that team rolling. You know, he is, you know, largely considered the the GOAT. You know, I, and I have a hard time disputing that for, you know, the, the the resume speaks for itself and I, you know he's con- going to continue to keep uh, being that way um before we move on i just want to point out march 14th alone they signed nelson aguilar kendrick Bourne, henry anderson montavious adams dietrich weiss jr cody davis jalen mills hunter henry matt judon raekwon mcmillan kyle van noy and um johnny smith so i mean all in one day they tried to take their off-season struggle or their 2020 struggles and fix them. And like Matt said, they did have several COVID outbreak, uh, COVID opt-outs, and I think they led the league in that. So they do get got Dante Hightower back, too. I think that might be the biggest uh, acquisition of any. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dante Hightower has had a big impact on the Patriots in the past. But I think there's a glaring issue with this team that I still haven't brought up yet, and you guys mentioned it. But Cam Newton and Mac Jones are your starting quarterbacks, or are your quarterback – is your quarterback room, I should say. Um, Cam Newton – Played okay, I would say, in the first two weeks of the season. Got slammed with COVID. Was not the same afterwards. So I do want to be fair to him. That you know, I like to think, you know, we've seen this virus and this pandemic have an impact even on the best athletes in the world. So I do want to say, like, hey, this could have been just like a, an impact from COVID, like a, an after effect. Um, Leon Tompkins, your, 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 your partner there, and Jacob, and <laughs> with the step back, he says in the comments, it can't be possible for Ken to play worse uh, in 2021. Now, I think that's probably true, but I think the Patriots know that Cam's time is probably up here and they want 
Mac Jones to play as soon as possible. Now, I don't know what the leash is for Cam. Maybe it's as long as the Patriots have a winning record, he's the guy. And maybe, you know, once they start to fall off, they're going to throw Mac Jones in. If the Patriots want to be competitive in 2021, I think anyway, Matt, I want to get your thoughts first. I think Cam has to be the guy all season long. I mean, there's a lot here. I think I expect a better Cam. I don't think Cam's this terrible quarterback that a lot of people made him out to be. Um, he went to care. Uh, he went to New England. No training camp. Let's keep that in mind. So he was learning a new offense on the fly without a lot of coaching help. Then he gets hit with COVID after two really impressive weeks. I think we all thought, like, man, Cam looks good. I don't think the issue is ever that can Cam play. I think Cam can play football. It's whether Cam can stay healthy for an entire now 17-game schedule. And I, I, th- I think he can. I think Cam's going to turn a lot of heads this year. I, I know they're probably going to want to see Mac Jones out on the field. The, to me, I always get worried about a quarterback with such little college starts. Uh, you know, we saw it with Mitch Trubisky. Um, you know, even guys that have a lot of college starts. It, it's not an easy job picking quarterbacks. And being accurate in college with weapons like Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle may not always equal what you're going to have in the NFL, especially with faster cornerbacks and better defenses. So to me, if the Patriots are going to make the playoffs, Cam Newton has to start all 17 games. I don't see a scenario where Mac Jones comes in week seven, week eight, week nine, week 10. If he's in week seven, week eight, week nine, this team's done. They're not making the playoffs. I agree with you. And I, somehow I think he had got his wide receivers got worse from Alabama. <laughs> yeah. His receivers in Alabama were damn good. Um, Leon, your boy, again, uh, Jacob says he, Mac's going to play by week seven. What do you make of this quarterback Ooh. scenario there in New England? It's got to be nice uh, after seeing Brady for 20 years, right? Man, it's a, yeah, but then we got to deal with two and freaking Josh Allen. So uh, it's just boom, boom, <laughs> but I'm not going to complain. I'd rather see Cam Newton back there than Tom Brady. But I agree with both of you guys, Cam Newton, if he plays, you know, 100% healthy, they're going to be a really competitive squad. And Cam Newton, you know, Super Bowl appearance. And they do win the MVP one year? Am I losing my mind? Cam? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Cam won okay. MVP. Okay. I mean, so it's there. His moxie is there. As Matt always says, my favorite word when he brings it up, because that's a true word. You have a lot of moxie. Mm-hmm. You... He's a leader on the team. You wouldn't think because it's at his attitude how he shows. He shows it off. He might not seem like it, but he's he's a pretty good leader on the team. And wide receiving core, Jacoby Myers, another one. I agree with you, Randy, on that one. He's really good. Um, John o. Smith, I mean, they're going to run a lot of two tight end packages, as we know. That's how the Patriots roll. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be pretty pre- – Two good pass catchers. That's Hunter Henry is there. When he's healthy, he's good. John o. Smith showed what he can do with Tennessee. And I think they're going to be better than expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, overall, I do think this is going to be a good team. I think the defense is going to take a huge leap compared to last year, and the defense was not very good last year. Um, my issues are all offensively pretty much. But um, what I do love about Cam Newton um, is that he kind of embraced Bill Belichick. Not everyone goes in there and loves the Belichick thing. And I know Belichick's a hard ass and I know um, he's very old school. Um, but you either go in there and you bust your ass and you try the, hard, your hardest, you, you, the hardest you can and, that, and then he loves you and he'll always play you. Or you, 
they kind of go, oh, well, the Patriots, you know, treat players like garbage and, uh, you know, not, you know, I come in there and it's not fun. You know, football's not always meant to be fun. Like winning is hard. Um, and the Patriots have kind of shown like being that consistent might not be the most flashy and fun thing. So for Cam Newton to be sort of this flashy fashion, <laughs> fashionista type guy <laughs> with a big personality to come in there and embrace Bill Belichick, something I honestly didn't see coming. So I respect the hell out of that out of Cam. The other aspect of this is Bill Belichick, because in the first year in the post Tom Brady era, I don't think it could have gone worse for Bill Belichick. Uh, given, given a pandemic, all of your players opting out on you, you missing the postseason, and then Tom Brady himself going down to Florida, not bringing just the Buccaneers a Super Bowl, but bringing the Tampa Bay Lightning two damn Stanley Cups, bringing the Tampa Bay Rays a pennant. Like, enough of this guy and the winning. I'm sure Belichick is very annoyed at this whole entire situation. So I have a feeling Belichick's going to come out and make this roster even better than what it could be on paper. So um, I think I wrote in the rundown, Bill Belichick still got it, question mark. Matt, I guess it's kind of for me. I, I definitely believe in Bill Belichick still. Yeah, I mean, I don't question Satan. I mean – it, it exists, you know, it, it's a thing. So uh, absolutely. I think Bill Belichick will have it for the rest of his life. You know, when, when you sell your soul to the devil, this is what you get. So uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure Belichick will coach these guys up. I don't think there's ever an issue of coaching. Um, we know that Bill Belichick likes to have his hands on everything. And I think mm -hmm. not having a training camp and having all those COVID opt-outs and now the rookies had to play a prominent role I Patriots are going to be fine to me. I think Bill Belichick's still the best in the business when it comes to coaching. You know, mm -hmm. he, he's a step ahead of everyone, and that includes Bruce Arians and Andy Reid. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's just what's the next step? If Cam Newton's healthy, I expect this team to compete for a division. Yeah, I mean, Jacob, I know you got rid of the one devil in Brady, but you still, as Matt so elegantly put it, you still have Satan on the sideline over there in New England. So he still strikes the fear of God in you a little bit, right? Absolutely. They're the Patriots. When the team terrorizes you for freaking 20 years, it's hard to get the stink out of it. You know, stink out of your clothes, stink out of your anywhere. But, you know, it sucks. And they will have a, they're going to have a better record than us, obviously, because we have the quarterback. Great. I am having a pick. Look, uh, we're going to get to that one. But I, I do believe that the Patriots, they, they're going to fight for a playoff spot. They might even make it. Uh, sucks, but let's be real. Well, let's find out if the Patriots are going to make it, Matt. Can you enable me to share my screen so I can show up, show off this Patriots schedule for you guys? Yeah, um, And then we can go down the line and kind of see where we think the Patriots are going to land here because I do think this Patriots season is so interesting mm -hmm. and I really don't know what's going to happen and I don't know what to expect. So, I mean – all right, here it is. The 2021 schedule and the Patriots are coming off. I bet they were seven and nine last year, which is really mm -hmm. bad. Well, thanks considered for the Patriots. Um, but hey, uh, it's much to delight to the rest of us. Um, I wouldn't even mind if the Patriots missed the playoffs again this year, but I do think their schedule <laughs> is pretty friendly. Yep. Um, which I will say playing in the AFC East has always been a benefit for them. But I think honestly, the Jets are the only team, no offense, Jacob, that um, feel like the only easy win of the group. And they, you know, maybe by the second matchup there, and you know, what, what week is that? Uh, eight. It might not be mm -hmm. so easy at that point, but early on in the season, I think the Jets will be still finding themselves. I think ultimately that'll be an easy win, but Matt, you go down the list here. Look, Patriots might start three and here until that, mm -hmm. you know, Tom Brady comes back to new England. I mean, that, that would be crazy, right? Awesome. I mean, it would be crazy, but they're not going to start 3-0 <laughs> when Brady comes to town. My, right. my, 
my upset is Sunday, September 19th. The Jets will hey! beat the Patriots. <laughs> there you go. The, the, the first big win. But I, I do think the Patriots round into gear. As we know, the Patriots are notoriously slow starters, whether it's with Brady or whether it's with Belichick. It always kind of starts off. And that Miami game down in Miami, those games are – I'm sorry, in New England, those games are always kind of weird for them. Yeah. Well, I, I honestly, I see the Patriots starting off one and three. I, I think they get a win against the Saints. Wow. I think they lose to the Dolphins, Jets, and Bucks, and then they go on a little bit of a run here towards the middle part of their schedule. I, I actually feel the opposite. I think they could lose the Dolphins game, but I do think they, they beat the Jets and then they beat the Saints. So I think that they're 2-1 and one going to, into Tampa, and I think they get routed by the Bucks. But um, I'm sure the Bucks, uh, pa- Patriots fans will take 2-2 two and two after a month, given everything that happened. <laughs> but then you get at Houston. We all think consider that to be the worst team in the league by far. Dallas has a terrible defense. Anything's possible against Dallas this year, literally anything. Um, the Jets, again, who knows? I mean, that, uh, I'm not saying they're going to sweep the Jets, but, it, hey, you know, the Jets aren't always striking fear in you when they're on their schedule. At the Chargers, I'm pretty confident that's a loss. Uh, at Carolina, I, I don't really love Carolina, so I could see that also being a win for them. The schedule's friendly here. I think Cleveland's a tough game. Tennessee's a tough game, and the Buffalo's a tough game. So, in theory, I'm thinking this team's around the 8-10 to 10 win range, just looking at the schedule. Yeah, yeah I'm going to say they finished 10-7. and seven. Uh, I, I think they nab a wild card spot, but yeah, I, I, I think they make headway. Randy, I agree with you. I don't think they're beating the Chargers, but no. Yeah, I, I see them beating the Panthers. I even see, I, I could see them beating the Browns. You know, the Patriots aren't going to be. And, and these four games is where I think they get hot. Panthers, Browns, Falcons, Titans. I think they win all four of those. And then yeah. I think going to Buffalo and beat Buffalo. But then I got them losing to the Colts. I got them losing to the Bills. Got them beating the Jags. And then got them beating the Dolphins to end 10 and 7. Am I missing uh, where? Oh, the Bills again after the bye week. Yeah. Uh, Jacob, you know, look at the mm-hmm. schedule. I feel like it's pretty friendly for the past. It is. The they, they always have a friendly schedule. Come on, man. <laughs> it's not even it's not unfair sometimes, but you got to play the hand you dealt. Can't complain about it. And I do agree with Matt with 10 to 7. That is fair. Because they, they're going to scratch and claw. They're going to win some games that you think, like Miami. You think Miami has a tough team, well coached, but yeah. Bill Belichick always, always coaches up to his matchup. He yeah. knows he just knows the game. He's smart with it. And I think they still win against the Bills. I really do. I I'm gonna say the Jets get them one time. Okay. It's, it's gonna be a BS game, but I'll take it. But yeah, these, these I can see them beating the Falcons, the Titans definitely, taking one from the Bills. Not sure about the Colts, the Jags, definitely. The Dolphins taking one against the Jets, the Cowboys, they can definitely do that. Yeah. I say the Texans. Texans are trash, let's be real, like you said. <laughs> um, the Saints, come on. I mean, so, yeah, they, they definitely got a favorable schedule and then can reach that 10-win threshold. That's, yeah, I mean, as we're far gonna, as I give them. Yeah, I mean, I think the schedule is friendly enough to make sure that Cam is still the starting quarterback all year. Yeah. So if Cam is healthy, he's going to help them and he's going to lead them to 10 wins. So 
Um, I, I kind of agree. I think we're going to look at, look at back at this and be like, well, the Patriots got the AFC South. That was nice. Um, <laughs> they get the Texans. That's nice too. They get, you know, the, the Jets twice. That's fine. That's good. The Falcons and when Cowboys were nice games for their offense, you know, that was cool too. Like there got so many games here where I'm just like, well, who's going to put them away. And I don't think anyone is going to do that this year. I mean, I, I think that they have some tough games here, but ultimately like the Browns is a really tough game, but they get them at home. Like that's a blessing. Um, the Bucks is the toughest game of the year and that's home week four and that to me is this the game of the year as of now on the schedule you have brady coming back home that is going to be insane on sunday night football mm-hmm. that's or to the most so far um so that's i mean this is it i mean the Patriots are gonna look back and be like well damn the patriots sucked for that one year that was cool and now they're gonna be back in the playoffs and we're all gonna hate ourselves again <laughs> oh man all right so we all going with uh 10 and 7 then i think we all agree there i think that sounds right yeah right. yeah Moving on now, it's time, Jacob. Uh, the moment you've all been waiting for. I tried to make them later in the show, but I could not justify putting them That's fine. anywhere past two. I really wanted to lead <laughs> off with them, but uh, I did give you the benefit of the doubt and not started with them. That's but uh, just look, this, I don't know if you, how often you've been to MetLife before, Jacob, because I got. I met, actually, I went once. My first time was, I want to say back in 19 when they played the Browns and Monday Night Football. Okay. We got an ass whipped and Luke Falk was in the game. I mean, it was so bad when he got hit. We all said, Luke, get up. Luke, somebody, I'm screaming, somebody help him. The fans are going, there's no help for this guy. And we just, oh. it was just, t- all the fans even tell, I don't know how you, the older fans just, I don't know how you do this to yourself. I'm like, well, it's either them or the Giants. And obviously I picked wrong, so. Well, hey, you know what? <laughs> I, I I would probably tell you you picked wrong too, even as uh, bad as the Giants. Absolutely. And then Odell um, kept the, he caught the slant. He caught the slap like 80 uh, yards, took it to the house. Everybody's cheering. I'm going, yeah, yeah. this is at least I enjoyed my first game. Yeah, I guess. Um, I've been to MetLife for a couple, I've been to MetLife for several Giants games and a couple Jets mm-hmm. games. Um, couple things. I cannot stand Jet Life when they call it Jet Life. <laughs> um, my least favorite thing uh, about it. And it's too much green. Um, I got an issue with the color green, and the field is already green. And then you mm-hmm. make end zones green. And then all of the lights and all the graphics around the stadium are green. I, I don't know what you can do about that, but it's just too much green for me. I don't like it. Right, you got, listen, we got, our colors are great. Green and white, you know, it's muddy. It's, I know it's, it's getting green and everything. It's and cool. green. Exactly. It, it, life just looks better in blue. I, I know I'm biased, but it just looks better. No, I, I, listen, I, I can't argue about that. You guys are winners. I mean, that, that's pretty much your stadium. You know, <laughs> you got all your rings. We got one back in the stone age. If I want to watch it, I got to watch NFL films. Y'all do too, but it's more recent. Y'all get to enjoy it. Y'all Eli come back. But I do thank y'all for topping Brady twice. I, I rooted hard for y'all. We'll I was a giant fan both of those times. Absolutely. Stomped them out. I went to my Patriots. You got stomped out. It was, it was a great feeling. <laughs> Michael Strahan. Yeah, that was the best. Um all right. Well, look, let's talk about the Jets of 2021 here, Jacob. And I want to get your sort of excitement level and your expectation level because you have a new man in town. No more Adam Gase. That alone is worth celebrating. Um, but Robert Salah, I think, is the best head coach hired anyone made in the offseason. The 49ers defensive coordinator always animated on the sideline. When I teased the show in the group, I used him getting fired up. I love him. I love his energy. I love the culture he could potentially bring to the Jets. And you know, if I'm excited and I'm your crosstown rival, I mean, you have to be through the moon with this i am uh, when they hired him i henry talked about you know henry dong city salute to you guys he talked about rabasala and how good he was how he was able to fire up his you know defensive corps and 
we needed a culture change. We all know what Gase was about. Hashtag quarterback guru. Yeah, okay. <laughs> let's, let's, we saw how that worked out, and it was just a mess. So they needed a change, and this was it. His all gas, no breaks mantra is just, I love it. You get guys to buy in, and, you know, I just want them to be competitive this year. I understand it's going to be tough. I just don't want to see them getting smacked every game. I want to be, I want to see them just play hard to the end and we'll get there. But I'm, I'm pretty excited, man. Just so many things happened with the draft. I was happy about, you know, Zach Wilson. Yes, he wasn't, you know, Trevor Lawrence. Shut up. I know they screwed it up. I know. But, you know, <laughs> second best, hey, he can make all the throws. And, you know, he seems like a legit kid, but he still gives me Jimmy Clausen vibes when I look at him. So. Oh, yeah. Well, we're we're going to talk, <laughs> talk about Zach Wilson in a minute. I, I want to get Matt's thoughts on Robertson Law because we both at the moment said this is a franchise-changing hire. Um, we still think it's the best head coach hire, and I think it's an indictment more on Gase, too, the more I think about it, because Gase was the offensive-minded uh, guy who got the uh, stamp of approval from Peyton Manning, and Robert Salon <laughs> is the, the outspoken defensive coordinator who's going to get right in your face when you make a mistake. This very much feels like a, we're not going back to what we used to be. We're going to absolutely shift the culture like this, right, Matt? Yeah, and Salah does a couple of different things for a Jets franchise, but first, I think the most important thing is it, it brings some credibility. Um, you come from a winning culture. You're not, you know, Gase failed in Miami. Let's face it. It was not very impressive there with his performance um, as the head coach. We saw what Tannehill did when he left Gase and went to Tennessee. He became an all-pro quarterback. So then you take a look at what, what is Salah going to bring? And Jacob brought, his, brought up his mantra. And I think that's the thing that you want as a fan. And this is, what you know, I, I didn't get to talk a lot about Joe Judge last week, but when you bring in a guy and when it comes to effort, almost all coaches are okay with making a mistake if the effort's there. Mistakes are going to happen, you know, but go 100% full speed, don't make mistakes halfway because when you start slowing down and you stop in the middle of something, you can create a bigger problem. So 100% go, just go, just play fast, mm -hmm. keep things simple. You know, there's a saying in football we call it kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Because really, that, that's what it comes down to is like when players understand it and you keep it simple, they're, they're able to move faster. They're able to process things faster. They know where to go. And it makes it so much easier to play football. I think with Adam Gase, he was such a detriment. But then I'm not going to resolve blame. Because when you take a look at coaching, it goes hand in hand with the quarterback play because those are two most important things the organization's going to do. Obviously, the owner's kind of entrenched. A GM, they pick the head coach and they pick the quarterback. And those are always the two most important pieces that you get. If you get one right, you know, you can have some success. Uh, I'll go with the Bears with Matt Nagy. I know a lot of Bears fans hate Matt Nagy, but he paired him with Mitch Trubisky. And we saw the Bears are not very functional with Mitch Trubisky, with Trubisky as a quarterback. We saw Adam Gase and Sam Darnold. In this case, I believe, we'll never know the full story, but I believe they got both of those decisions wrong. I think Adam Gase was the wrong hire. I thought, I love Sam Darnold coming out. A lot of people did. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Gase didn't do Darnold any favors, but Darnold didn't take any onus to improve himself. And that's my biggest gripe with it. So can Sala make this work? We talk about defensive coaches, the one thing you don't want a quarterback going through is multiple offensive systems. And if he brings in a good offensive coach, 
that good offensive coach is going to get a head coaching job. That is the one thing that people worry about when you hire a, a, a defensive or special teams head coach. So I, I love Salah. I don't think it's going to be an issue. Yeah. Uh, they did hire Mike LaFleur, uh, Packers, bro- Packers head coach, Matt LaFleur's brother to be the offensive coordinator. So, um, you know, I, I don't think the Packers have had good offenses the last few years, but I do think Rodgers and talent around him helps that too. So I don't know how much that's Matt LaFleur, but um, all right, Jacob, it's time now because this is the newest quarterback hope for the Jets. And in my lifetime, I've seen a myriad of quarterbacks uh, with the Jets. I mean, I think the first one I can remember is uh, Vinny Testaverde, uh, and then Chad Pennington, and then you get to Brett Favre for a year and a half, maybe. Uh, and then it led to Mark Sanchez was the, the savior. I can't believe he fell to number six. So oh my God. I love Mark Sanchez. Um, and then it was that one random Fitzpatrick year. Uh, and then it ended up being Sam Darnold being the new hope. And I, I'm for sure I'm missing a few quarterbacks in there, Jacob. And I'm so sorry, you know, to remind you of all of that. But do you have, is there anything different about Zach Wilson that I should care about compared to all of these other guys that the Jets brought in? Oh, Geno Smith, probably the other guy I'm missing there too. But Geno is second round pick, so I don't want to throw him in the same way. But Zach Wilson, I like the things I read about him, his preparation, but there's also a little bit of attitude to this guy. So what is it about Zach Wilson that you like? Real what quick. are some things you're concerned about? I'm going to interrupt real quick because I just got to say, Jacob, your mm-hmm. lovely daughter has the most perfect timing because we were talking about Sam Darnold, and for the fans that couldn't see it, she brought in Clifford the Big Red Dog, <laughs> which reminds me of Sam Darnold. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you caught that. I, I remember being- I remember saying something about Clifford and Sam Darnold, and all of a sudden you caught that. That was good. <laughs> I'm shocked not to lose it all now. It <laughs> was oh, a great man. segue. It was. It definitely was. But Zach Wilson, definitely, he he. I think he has it. You know, his preparation, and that's what it's all about as a quarterback. You got to want to learn. You got to be able to just visualize, attack, learn, and most importantly, make all your throws. And you can't be skittish in the pocket, which I don't think Zach Wilson is from what I've seen. I know I watched a lot of tape of him. I really did because that's what I did last year. Well, I mean, not last year, but when Sam Darnold got drafted, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Talking myself into it. Oh, yeah. Uh, interceptions. Yeah, you know, uh, let's see if he, he might get he might get rid of it, but he didn't. And I will say, let me just break this down. Matt, you were right. He sucked. But I still think he's going to do better with Carolina. I really just have a feeling. But back to Zach Wilson. I mean, the on talent is there. I'm not going to compare to anybody. I just thought they all have Russell Wilson. No, let him be Zach. No Broadway Joe. No Broadway Zach. No, let him be who he is. Just figure out this team around him. That's all you, even Mark Sanchez. If you look back at him, they gave him guys like Dustin Keller, Sean Green, you know, Braylon Edwards, Zantoni Holmes. They gave him guys to succeed and he did you know he wasn't he wasn't too much of a turnover machine until i want to say that what third year maybe third or fourth year but what was that's the, what you uh, the thanksgiving butt fumble year was that three we're not gonna talk about that <laughs> no we're talking about that <laughs> we're, we're gonna talk it was terrible we ruined my thanksgiving but yeah it was yeah i gotta live with that for the rest of my life i don't i forgot what year it was <laughs> i'm trying to just take that out of my system and just not even think about it but yeah, Zach Wilson, he looks like he has it. And they gave him a lot of weapons, too. Um, you know, Michael Carter, there will be two of them, running back from UNC. Uh, they gave him Elijah Moore, which I love. You know, he had Denzel Mims. Hopefully he takes that next step. Jamison Crowder. 
You went out and signed a number one receiver in Corey Davis from the Titans. So it's looking good on that end. You know, hopefully Herndon will do something. I'm praying that he can stay healthy, you know, stay off the road, take an Uber, do what he got to do, and make something happen. But I think all stars are aligned for Zach Wilson to be a good quarterback. I don't know how great he's going to be. I'm just, let's go good for now. I don't see the superstar him yet. He may have the look, you know, the pretty boy look. He can talk. I mean, he can speak well to the media. He seems like a coachable guy. But all in all, I've seen this before, so I'm taking a more laid-back approach. I'm not going to get too excited. Mm. Well, I love the Jets' optimism because, I mean, like I've said, you, you had so many failed experiments in the recent past even. Uh, Matt, you know, you talked about how much you loved Darnold coming out, right? And I, mean, I think a lot of so many people did. He was third overall pick in the draft. He was like the, po- the golden boy, the poster child California kid, and he didn't pan out. I, I think there's a lot of factors for that reason. Just we're not going to talk about Darnold, but Zach Wilson coming in here, I think everyone has sort of tempered their expectations a bit. And I think they're willing to give him a chance, but also we're not going to put this guy on a pedestal like we did the last guy. We're going to let him develop and hopefully he turns into something. Um, I know there's huge differences between Wilson and Darnold. What are some things you saw from Wilson that you liked and what are some things you saw you didn't like? I think with Wilson, the arm talent is just sensational. Um, Definitely one of the strongest arms in the draft this year. Um, Wasn't really particularly close. Um, he's, he can roll out to his left really well and throw it on a line. There's no question about that. He makes some pretty impressive throws. I, I got to see him because I don't, I, I don't love the tape when I see there's, with any quarterback, when there's pressure, it always gets a little bit messy. But you take a look at some of the top-tier quarterbacks, and this is not going to be fair, but I could not imagine what it's going to be like one, you got to deal with the Trevor Lawrence issue, which obviously, you know, the Jets won a couple meaningless games towards the end to knock themselves out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. But then you take Zach Wilson, number two, the guy with probably the most questionable tape in there. Like you're taking Zach Wilson off of attributes. The attributes are off the charts. I, I don't think there's really any denying that. But if football was played with only helmets and shorts and a T-shirt, you know, I, I would trust Zach Wilson a lot more here, but it's not. He's going to have to really develop. I don't I don't know why the Jets do this to themselves, throwing him in there as a day one starter. I don't see a day one starter. I think there's a lot of things that have to be developed with him. The footwork gets a little lazy sometimes. The arm slot kind of drags through the throwing motion. I don't love that part of his game. He played against a lot of mediocre competition, and I didn't see a lot of eye-popping stats. Like, I'm expecting 500 yards. I mean, I know it's unrealistic, but, I mean, he's been throwing 300 yards every game, and he should have finished the year with, you know, 50-plus touchdowns against some of this competition he was playing against. He struggled the year before. I mean, it wasn't good tape in the prior year. So now you're taking a look at this. They don't have a quarterback to even back him up yet. Like, there's no veteran presence here. You you are putting a lot of stock, and it's the same mistake I think they did with Darnold. You, you just threw him out there and hoping that he was going to be this guy. And I think when you take a look at quarterbacks, starting day one, it takes a very special quarterback. Patrick Mahomes sat a year. He may have been the most pro-ready quarterback that we didn't know about, but they sat him for a year because that's how they wanted to groom him. 
you, you take a look at a guy like, let's go Daniel Jones. He sat behind Eli for a couple of weeks. Deshaun Watson sat behind, I forget, whoever the quarterback was in Houston at that time for four weeks. So to me, I, I, I don't feel comfortable with Wilson starting week one. To Jacob's point, I, I, there's potential there to be a very good quarterback, but it's, it's going to be a long road. And with quarterbacks, it gets iffy because they can get damaged. Mm-hmm. They start getting things in their head. It, it could be a yep. long road to recovery. You get hit a couple times, you know, that doesn't go away. Um, and a reminder, with, with Darnold, they had Teddy Bridgewater in the building, and he played pretty well in the preseason. Mm-hmm. They kicked him off and said, we're going to go with Darnold anyway. So, yeah. you know, we might be having a different conversation if they let Teddy hang around and, you know, sort of groom him a little bit. Um, but so I, I think what the Jets are doing is already – better for Zach Wilson than what they ever did for Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Um, the talent already around him is so much better, which isn't saying much because I don't think it's the most talented <laughs> in the league, but I still think it's so much better than what Darnold had. Um, you started running back right now is projected to be Tevin Coleman. And you said Michael Carter, they just drafted, stop giving the ball to Frank Gore 15 times a game. That's number one. That's not helping any quarterback. I love Frank Gore, maybe a future hall of famer, whatever, not good anymore in mm-hmm. 2021. The wide receivers, Corey Davis, like you said, Jacob, earlier, love that signing for them. Denzel Mims in year two and a potentially um, better, well-run offense could be really nice, along with Keelan Cole playing in the slot, along with Elijah Moore playing in the slot. Like, these are legitimate weapons here. I mean, Keelan Cole is the third receiver in Jacksonville, but he made plays. Elijah Moore's potential to make plays. And like you said, Chris Herndon could potentially make the leap this year at tight end, too. So just looking at that, and then you have a couple of good alignment uh, prospects, Makai Becton, Elijah Barrett Tucker. Like, I mean, those guys to build to guys to build off of. So mm-hmm. already, and this unfortunately for Sam Darnold, he never had anything like this. And Zach Wilson gets it from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me would be a little cause for excitement on the Jets side, right? I mean, you, you look at this talent and you gotta be said, what the where the hell has that been the last four years? Uh, absolutely, man. It's just been it's sucked. Because as you can see, like Sam had his games where you're like, okay, right. he's figuring it out. He's, he's getting it. He's getting it. Then other games, you just go, what the hell? Why are you freaking regressing so much, man? But I get it. You know, he had, when Jameson Crowder is your number one, it's hard to succeed. I don't care what, well, it depends. Like Matt just alluded to, you got to be a special kind of quarterback. And Mahomes or, you know, Wilson, they're not stepping through, you know, Jets drive anytime soon. But he just never had that guy. You know, he didn't have the pass catch. And when he did have Ryan Griffin, he, he made a few plays. But it seemed like they were scared to let him throw as well, too. And giving Frank Gore the ball 20, 25 damn times got really sickening when you had a guy like Tyler Johnson. Mm-hmm. You know, even at that point, rookie, he was still better. You know, he so he gave him a shot. He had 23 carries, 100 yards, two touchdowns. Why not build off to that? What do you do the next game? Oh, Frank Gore, he might have a concussion. Oh, you're okay. You're breathing. Get in this game. Let's give you 15 more carries. And it gets sick, man. It kind of it destroys the quarterback. And plus, his O-line sucked, too. His O-line was bad. And if you don't have an O-line, you can look really pedestrian, a.k.a. Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. They got in his face, and he – I didn't notice it was even Pat Mahomes back there because it just right. didn't seem like him. But for a mediocre quarterback like Sam Darnold, that, that can mean everything. And whether you succeed right. or fail, and it sucks. It's another failed – quarterback experience for the Jets and here we go but I I wish him all the best in Carolina just like not week one yeah I mean like I said 
I like Zach Wilson's uh, surrounding cast, supporting cast, much more than I ever liked Darnold's. He's not throwing a, what was it, a Braxton Berrios was like the number one receiver down the stretch one year. And I'm like, what the hell are they doing? Like, as, as bad as it was for the Giants, it wasn't that bad. Holy hell. Um, <laughs> and also, he got some defensive players, too. We're going to pull up the schedule in a second. But Quinnen Williams is a hell of a piece to have in the middle there. Sheldon Rankins, I like. Mm-hmm. Carl Lawson was a nice signing. Then you had Gerard Davis. You can get some C.J. Mosley back in the mix. He made a big difference in the one game he played for the Jets anyway. But, <laughs> I mean, he still was great. And then you bring back Marcus May, Lamar- uh, LaMarcus Joyner also back there, um, a guy named Bryce Hall, who I thought was a TikToker apparently is on your team too. Uh, but nonetheless, you got some pieces all around here. Um, I do think it's a rebuilding roster, so I, I wouldn't be, you know, super uh, high on expectations anywhere. But when you look at this, you say there's, they're very clearly building something now, um, which is fine. You know, you have to go through the motions of building things sometimes. Here it is for the Jets, the 2021 schedule, and you get your boy Darnold right in, right off the bat here. (laughs) Um, God bless the NFL schedule makers for that. Um, So Matt, you take a look at the Jets rebuilding roster and you, you know, you briefly marinated in the schedule for a bit. What are some expectations do you have for the Jets in 2021? Honestly, I I think you got to expect six or seven wins. Um, I I, I, I think the pieces there are defensively. Defensively is the easiest thing to improve very quickly. You get a good coach, a solid scheme, an attacking scheme, and you know, Really, when you take a look at it, I I think they beat the Panthers. I'm, I'm not in love with the Panthers. I think that could be a win. I, I'm not sold on Matt Rule. For all the talk about Matt Rule, and maybe it's because I'm a sucker for defensive guys because, you know, play defense my entire life pretty much. And, you know, I, I think that fire and passion carries over, especially in the beginning of the year. So, I mean, I could see them – Starting off two and zero, like I said, I, I think they beat the Patriots week two. I just there's something about the Patriots and early in the season, it's always kind of like that lull for them. Then the Broncos, I mean, that's a winnable game too. I mean, it, the Jets fans will probably be puffing their chest out if they go three and zero, <laughs> and it's going to be annoying. But then the precipitous fall starts coming. You know, then you get you get the Titans, which they're going to lose that game. I, I have very little doubt about that. The Falcons are an interesting team because we just don't know, and it's in London. It's always a tough game. To me, that's a coin flip. You know, anytime you go across the pond and you're not elite at something yet, you know, I always take games like that where you have to travel, whether it's Mexico City or London, you know, a running game and defense travels. To me, there's nothing elite yet that screams out to me with the Jets. Could be, might be, but I don't see it yet, so – I think I like the Falcons here. And then you just take a look and then it starts getting brutal after the Bengals. You know, you got the Colts, you got the Bills, you got the Dolphins. Oof. Texans is kind of eh, easy. I, I think the Eagles may be one of the worst teams in football. So that's a little bit of a breather. But then you get the Saints, you get the Dolphins again. The Jaguars are going to be nothing to mess with around December because that's when Trevor Lawrence might be really stepping it up and taking his place among the NFL quarterback elites. Mm-hmm. Tampa it really depends on where they're at. And Buffalo, so I can see them starting off fast. I, you know, three and zero. I could see them beating Houston and the Eagles. Uh, I think they beat the Bengals as well. So I, I think six to seven wins is doable for this team. That's a little bit too steep for my blood, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> hey, I say you know I give you the schedule. I think it's a pretty tough schedule. 
in part, and I say, my, hey, Jake, uh, they, they went five and 12 this year. Exactly. Huh? Well, I was just saying, in parts, it might be tough, but other, other parts, I don't know about that. It's tough, and then they have some some nice games, some nice matchups for them. But if I said, hey, Jake, they went five and 12 in a rebuilding year, and Zach Wilson showed flashes, um, would you say sign me up? Or I was hoping they got a little bit more out of that. No, you got to sign me up. Sign me up on it. You got to start somewhere. You know, it's better than winning one damn game. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we had we had back and forth. I will say, I just something about being zero and you know sixteen. I just can't. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just sorry, Leon. I didn't mean to hit you with gun smoke, but um, <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I just I, Trevor Lawrence be dead. I just couldn't go down and just oh, that's disgusting. But I would take it. But I'm going with Matt six or seven games because it's really doable. Defense wins you games. And like I said, you get you give us Mosley, Rankins, and you look at it. What couldn't the Jets do last year? Get to the quarterback. I yeah. it was disgusting. I don't think they might have got the forty sacks. Maybe. I mean, yeah. with Rankins, Lawson. I mean, Gerard Davis. You know, Quinton Williams making that step. Now he's looking like a disruptor, and then he can get to the quarterback a lot better than Leonard Williams because he was Leonard Williams was good, but he was more of a you know, it's nice to be a disruptor, but to, just to get to the quarterback, get your arms around him, bring him down, boom. Let's make it look good. But I'm liking it. Another one, uh, Justin Pinnock from Pittsburgh. Black. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to get all hyped because, you know, last cornerback we picked from Pittsburgh, just saying, you know, the go to cornerbacks, my man D. Revis. But no, mm-hmm. but the kid is good, so you just never know. We have the secondary it's a lot to be desired with Bryce Hall and I forgot Bion. I call him Bionic League. I can't remember his name. But Marcus May, I'm hoping they get his situation figured out because he you need those leaders on defense and you can't let him go like you let Jamal Williams go. But other than that, they're gonna be a tough, a tough team to beat, I I believe. I mean, the defense is gonna be there. Offense, it's you just won't I won't say Zach Wilson's Wilson's just gonna come in and you know light the world on fire. It's gonna take him time. If he comes out hot, great. But Sam Darnold did the same thing in game one against the Lions. So, once again, I'm not going to puff my chest too quick about that. But hey, That was a pick six that first throw, wasn't it? Anyway. It was, yeah. What happened, what happened after that, though? <laughs> <laughs> you it's it always, it's how you respond. It's not what you exactly. do, it's how you respond. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but no, right, he's, well, it's – we'll be okay. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead. No, it would be okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, the big thing here is, and to keep everything in perspective here with the Jets, and I, to me, I love C.J. Mosley coming out. He went to the perfect spot in Baltimore, then he left Baltimore, but he took that culture with him, that Ray Ray culture. And, and I know a lot of people don't like Ray Lewis, and, uh, you know, I'm one of them. I think Ray Lewis is kind of a, you know, a little bit of a phony pony here. But anyway, that's besides the point. Um <laughs> I, I think C.J. Mosley has defensive player of the year potential. The, the guy is versatile. He can play all over the field, and that makes a big difference, having that leader on your defense that can put guys in the right position, especially with the young defense. Quinnen Williams, you know, another young player. If C.J. Mosley gets him in the right position, it, it's about leadership now. And, and mm-hmm. I think leadership can get you six wins in the NFL if you have a strong enough culture. And I think mm-hmm. you, you, you take a look at and I know, Randy, you're you know skeptical. I, th- I think we all believe that Falcons game. Arthur Smith is a great coach. You know, mm-hmm. that was the second best coaching hire. I think we labeled right, Randy. We thought Arthur Smith was the second best. Okay, 
I don't like the Bengals head coach. I, I don't know what he is. And the Bengals drafting Jamar Chase instead of Panay Sewell leaves a lot to be desired there. Quentin Williams can disrupt that game. They, the Bengals is a winnable game. Let's just face it. Houston might, Houston's going to be the worst team in the NFL. I don't even think that's a question. The Eagles could be a dumpster fire, and they could have sold off half their damn roster on that by that December game. Yeah. So I mean, and and honestly, what are the Bucks going to be playing for January second in that shithole of a division they have? Mm-hmm. And the well, I Bills, think them and the Rams will be playing for seating at that point. Mm-hmm. So. The Bills too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it just depends what you're playing here for. Well, I, I my expectation is six wins. Get to six. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say they go five and twelve, a competitive five and twelve, but that's also without winning a division game. So if they could win a game against the Dolphins or the Patriots or maybe even sneak one against the Bills, then that five and twelve turns into six, seven wins. Yeah. So that is my expectation with the team, and that's like worst case scenario. Honestly, you don't win a single game in your division, you still go five and twelve. Like, all right, if you're competitive, maybe you can win a couple of those division games. As we we're going to talk about now with the Dolphins, um, there's some questions there, and the Patriots have issues too. So who knows? That Dolphins got a lot of question marks in a bad spot. All right. Well, that's a good transition to those Miami Dolphins. Jake, you want to stick around and talk to all, uh, the other two teams? Or you got other? Absolutely. All right. Let's go. That's all right. right. So Jacob, Jacob loves an opportunity to trash those Dolphins. <laughs> you damn right. <laughs> We're in for the long haul here with Jacob. We love that. So uh, Miami Dolphins time it is. And the first note I have here is, to a trouble, and uh, last year left a lot to be desired if you're a Miami Dolphins fan, especially, you know what I think hurts this so much more, is Justin Herbert going to the Chargers and looking oh. like it's the absolute future of the position. He went to pick the very next pick after Tua, so that does not help either. Um, Matt, I'll start with you because you're the tape guy. You know, I, I can sit there and watch Tua, and I can understand his struggles are, are read-related, and he didn't have these, quite the arm strength and mobility that anyone expected. What did you see on tape that really was alarming to you for Tua in year one? He had no idea what the hell he was doing. Like, there was no clue. And to me, this is the most damning spot for a quarterback. Um, And and I got to take a mea culpa here because I thought he was going to be fantastic. I saw him coming out of Alabama. I'm like, man, this kid has it all. The the hip's a problem. I mean, let's face it. I think that hip injury was more significant than what I gave it credit for. And you see him throwing, you're like, oh, man, the kid's got an arm strike. There was no zip on the throws. He was throwing into double, triple coverage. He admitted that he didn't know what the playbook. And I was like, shit, I could take a look at the tape and I could tell you two who didn't know what the play call was. <laughs> like, it's just like a hope and a prayer, chucking it up. And to me, that's just totally inexcusable. Like, how do you not know the playbook, especially as a backup quarterback? What are you doing in your off time? Because guess what? I know what you do in rehab. I've rehabbed for half my football career, pretty much. And yeah, you know what? When you're rehabbing, you're looking at the playbook. You're going over plays. You're doing mental reps. That's the biggest thing that you can do when you're coming back from an injury is just mental reps. When you come back from an injury, you better damn well know your assignments. You better know where it's going. And this is at the quarterback position, the most important position on the offensive side of the football. And he had no damn clue. And to me, I'm just going to say what it is. Once I hear about that from a quarterback, I want him out of the building Mm -hmm. because – that's worse than that's Dwayne Haskins territory, you know, just not doing the work. Yeah. You know, what are you doing? That's so important. This is your career. Now you're not in college anymore. This is the NFL. And this is what worries me about rookie quarterbacks. How, do, do you love football? Are, are, are you that much in the football? And 
Is there a guy to show you what it's like to be an NFL quarterback? I think that's what Sam Darnold missed. Like, you're going to have free time. What are you doing during your free time? Do you know how to study? In college, they showed us how to look at tape. But the NFL is a totally different level when you're looking at tape. There's different assignments, different keys, just a whole nother layer to it. And for him not to take those steps, to want to be great, that's concerning as hell for me. I want to give him the benefit of the doubt that maybe it just took some time and he just literally wasn't understanding what he was looking at as if it's like a advanced level of algebra or something. But at the end of the day, that's still concerning um, when you are at this level, I feel like it shouldn't be, it is hard. It shouldn't be that hard. Um, anyway, uh, in 10 games last year, he was six to three at quarterback. He did not uh, start one of those games and he did leave several of these games early in favor of uh, their backup quarterback. who We'll talk about in a second. Uh, but in the games he had a 64.1 completion percentage with 1814 yards 11 touchdowns five picks um overall pretty mediocre numbers i would say i think you expected a lot more um and the dolphins you know were a team that did put up points on occasion so i'm kind of surprised um at how poor he was jake when you looked at tua you played him twice last year or maybe you only played him once i'm not 100 sure but um look i thought Tua was going to be lighting the world on fire and i loved i wanted a lefty quarterback to come in and be great and it uh, doesn't appear that's going to be that way i definitely i saw some flashes but my biggest thing was as a quarterback, you shouldn't be having a closer. I'm sorry, this is in baseball. When he's in the game and then he throws a good three or four incomplete, nope, Fitz, come on in. That that right there, I would take the heart. That, that would hurt and that would fire me up because there's no way, you know, you should be getting shown up by Ryan Fitzpatrick. We all know he's he does it all the time, but Tua has to get it in his head. You know, will this happen again? I can't let this happen again. Now you've got Jacoby Brissett. You know, he's a seasoned mm-hmm. vet, and he can do the same exact thing. We've seen him have great games, and now that's going to be in the back of his head now. Oh, i got to watch over my back. But that should make you be want to be great. And But you see it, but they hardly let him throw, too, as well. They never yeah. really hand off the ball or throw on a screen pass, short slant. you, you got to see what he has. Maybe that hip is a problem. Mm-hmm. And his – go ahead, <laughs> sorry. No, no, you're fine, Jacob. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say, like, everyone saw my reaction on draft night when the Bears drafted Justin Fields. And and the more I hear Justin Fields talk, the more I fall in love. And it's not because of what I see on the field. It's just the attitude of it, you know. Um, I talk about dog a lot. Like, I I want my players to have some dog in them. Like, Mm -hmm. I I, I just want you to, you know, take it and just choke it. You know, take whatever is yours. Take as much as you can. And Justin Fields said something during the Bears rookie minicamp. He's like, we should all be starting. You know, we should all be shooting to start. Then, you know, why the hell are we here? Mm -hmm. And for Tua, and Jacob, I'm so glad you brought up this point. To have a closer, to not take that so personal Mm -hmm. and to be just furious, you know, for him to go on the sideline and not show that emotion. I'd be choking the shit out of Brian Flores. I'd be like, no, you are not taking me out of this game. Mm -hmm. And for this reaction, so passive, you can't have that at the leadership position. That's the thing that bothers me the most is you cannot have a quarterback that's that much of just like, oh, well, all right, whatever. No, they're <laughs> there to win the damn game. Mm-hmm. You're the guy. Do something. Show something. Be somebody. Yes, it. You know, it it's just Mitch it. Trubisky. Mitch yeah. Trubisky. 
it also that I mean more than anything points to the lack of confidence that Tua had himself. Yeah. So I mean, if you don't understand the playbook, but you go out there confident in your ability, maybe make some plays on the run, kind of scramble mm-hmm. and drill a little bit. You know, that's you can you can get away with that at least if you have the physical ability to and the confidence to. Tua's not only not knowing the playbook, but he's also no confidence at all. Like that is a bad combination when you're a quarterback. Now I I think when you saw his tape in college in, in Alabama, he looked like a confident guy who had a great arm, great athleticism. I, I think that we're all kind of surprised about how, how poor he played in year one. So maybe the hip was a big problem. Maybe it's recovered now. Maybe it's not. But, um, you know, I think the Dolphins are optimistic. He can make a, a year two leap to be an average starter, which I'm not saying he'll be a great starter. But even if he's an average starter, I think they would sign up for that. Um, I, I look back at two examples and I lived the one in Eli Manning. He looked horrible a lot in year one. And in year two, he came around and the talent around him was good enough to make him look like a, an average starter. The same thing happened with Alex Smith, except Alex Smith honestly took a little bit more time to mm-hmm. become an average starter and then kind of became the staple of the league average quarterback. So um, <laughs> these guys will come out and they start slow, you know, maybe it could turn into a disaster really fast and we'll know. And, or it could be, you know, maybe this is a slow build and I, I trust the, the Dolphins coaching and I also trust their talent. I do think they have a ton of talent around to it to help make this work. Um, I look at Miles Gaskin at running back played pretty well last year. Devontae Parker is a legitimate number one receiver. Will Fuller was brought in. They drafted Jalen Waddell, their first round pick. These are all good weapons to surround Tua with. Excuse me. Mike Kosicki at tight end is a nice weapon as well. Um, I think there's some concerns about the offensive line. Um, fair, I, I would say, if you have any of those concerns. And they did draft Liam Eichenberg, Eichenberg uh, in the second round. To I mean, that was a trade with the Giants even. But Austin Jackson at left tackle, he's a guy who is not totally established, but a guy that they trust in that building. So who am I to tell them that they're wrong on that? Um, but overall, Brian Flores has a lot of pressure on this to make this work. And I do think, at least on the offensive side of the ball, they have enough. Now, Matt, obviously you voiced your concerns about two already, but – Jake, when you look at the talent on the Dolphins, um, at the very least, they kind of can cater this a little bit and say, hey, we gave him everything we could to make him succeed. And if he doesn't, that's on him. Absolutely, man. You talk about Dante Parker's physical. You forgot about Preston Wilson. Preston Williams, that's another one. You put him there, Mike Gusecki. Mm-hmm. Like, their running game is there. Like, how much do you need? They gave you your boy from Alabama. You got Jalen Waddle in the fold. Like, what? I would be amped up as a quarterback. I'm like, what? You giving me this mm-hmm. offense? That means you're trusting me to succeed? Uh, you got it. Whatever you need. And if you average 181 yards a game, you can sit your ass right on that bench. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because you got to let it rip. You talk about micromanaging offense, and that's exactly what they did. And they did, really did them no favors. Let them throw the ball. It's Devontae can go up there and get it. Williams can go get it. Every one of their receivers can go get it, even out of the backfield mm-hmm. and guess he's another good receiving running back. And Ahmed's another one. You have him. I mean, so what's the what's the lose? You you can't. Yeah. And I just and I did I wanted to see Sue to succeed after everything. He's hard not to root for, even though being in the division. Mm-hmm. But Man, if you let Jacoby Brissett come in and take your job. I was just going to say that. Bro. <laughs> I was just about to say, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, but if I see Jacoby Brissett in the game and it's not due to you having an injury of some kind, I'm out. I, I'm, I'm Like I said, I got a very short leash for two of this year. And if, if Jacoby Brissett's coming in to throw Hail Marys like he was in Indianapolis or just being the closer like he's some kind of Ryan Fitzmagic uh, reincarnated, I am out so fast on Tua. I need to see a lot and I need to see it fast. Um, Matt, you look at this offensive roster, uh, I think the Dolphins did the right by him ultimately i think they gave him 
not enough weapons, and now it's kind of up to him at this point. Man, for me, you give him it's it's the anti Sam Darnold situation. Right. You, you give him a coach that's very fiery, that knows football. Mm-hmm. You give him, you know, good weapons, and, and now he has great weapons with Jalen Waddle on the outside, and Jalen Waddle can do a lot of different things. And you give him a defense that they're never going to get blown out of games. And to me, and I, you know, obviously I bring up the Bears quite a bit because I'm tuned into the Bears the most, obviously. You know, right. that's the team I root for. All you hear is that Justin Fields never left Chicago. He, every day he went to the facility, whether it was to work out, whether it was to train, do whatever he could do because he wants to be the best quarterback. Pay Manning, you heard that notorious situation with him. He always worked with his wide receivers. They'd call up, they'd get together. With Tua, you know, I hear crickets. I mean, Eli, Eli never got taken out for a closer. Alex Smith never got taken out for a closer. And I think if either one of those guys, Eli wasn't the vocal type in front of people. But I have no doubt when Eli got in that locker room, he would have threatened Tom Coughlin's life, his wife's life, and his children's lives if he ever pulled them from a game. Well, Archie Manning would have been on the phone too, saying Mm -hmm. what the hell you think you're doing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, th- th- there would have been a lot of repercussions to that situation. And, and to me, like, man, I, I just go back to it. it there, there's something about what's going to hurt Tua now is how does he respond? You know, you yep. can have all these weapons, you can have all these guys, but we go back to leadership. You know, mm-hmm. if they perceive that he doesn't care that he got taken out, like this team first stuff, like, it's great. Yeah, yay. You know, um, you're doing it for the team. You know, we love you. But, you know, if you don't show that you're pissed off, if you're not angry about it, th- these guys are going to look at you man to man and be like, man, this, no, 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 this, this ain't the guy. We don't want this guy. Right. I, I, I don't see this ending well for Tua. And I think this stunts the Dolphins' window. Um, so, I just also want to point out, like, they didn't have fits in that last game of the year, and they had a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, they go up to Buffalo, who essentially had nothing to play for. They couldn't get the number one seed. Um, so Tua starts, and look, the final stats don't really do it justice, but also they don't really help either. But the, he was 35 of 58 with 361 yards. 35 of 58 is not great. Um, and then the inter- I think he had, what, three interceptions in that game? Yeah. He, he looked – terrified like he looked so afraid of the moment in that game like more so than like like deer in the headlights like i don't belong here type stuff and like the bills defense was not at all world beaters last year Mm. i mean buffalo is a tough place to play but they really they didn't have fans yet in buffalo at that point i should add so like that is big time alarming to me um and like we talked about no more ryan fitzpatrick to come in and, and close games and that's that just is a fact the fact that we even have to say that is kind of sad um this is a starting quarterback in the nfl for christ's sake um Okay, we, we've talked about the Dolphins a lot, and we've talked about Tua a lot. So um, I'm going to pull up their schedule. It's a good football team. Otherwise, you, you take Tua out of the equation, you give him a, a good quarterback, this is a playoff team. I, I agree with you, and I, I know I'm going to pull up their schedule here in a second. But, um, you know, ultimately their wins and losses are going to come down to how well Tua plays or doesn't play. Yeah. Um, and that's ultimately going to, you know, probably cripple them in, in the end because, you know, Matt, you made it pretty clear you don't really trust Tua and no. um, Jake, you too. And to me, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But like I said, once I see Jacoby Brissett one time, 
bro. Um, the defensive roster is also really good too. And, and Xavier Howard, uh, I believe wants a trade, but you know, Brian Flores is, is sort of this Robert Salah, Joe judge, judge culture guy. He brought that in there and made it work so fast. Like the, the we were talking about the dolphins going winless in 2019 mm-hmm. and they started own five and were a huge joke. And then, you know, last year they were 11 and five and on the verge of making the playoffs and they were a tough out in every game they played in. So I have a ton of respect for Brian Flores. I think the defense is still going to be good. Even if they do trade Xavier Howard, I don't think they should, but ultimately if they don't want to pay him and he wants out, why not collect more picks yeah. sort of what you did with uh, Laramie Tunsil. So um, <laughs> Bill O'Brien's really not out there. What's that? Bill O'Brien's <laughs> not coaching. <laughs> true. Fair. Um, very, very fair. Um, but we'll see what happens with Xavier Howard. Um I do think the schedule is not the hardest thing ever, but at the same time, they got a ton of tough matchups here and uh, I'm going to have a hard time believing they're going to win or uh, they're going to be around 500. I mean, I I don't think they're going to go win 10 games. I think they're going to lose 10 games. I feel like that eight to nine win range is appropriate for them, but ultimately it could go get a lot worse if two is worse than, you know, even I expect. Yeah, I I agree with Randy. I I think nine and eight is, going to be where this team falls because that's what you kind of see from a quarterback that's unsure of himself. And uh, you know what? Tua deserves all this criticism that he's getting mm-hmm. because honestly, you can't go and say, I didn't know the plays that, that, that is completely inexcusable. You know, when that play calls coming in the huddle, you got one job and that's to know the plays and he didn't know it. Patriots they are losing bills. They're losing Raiders in Las Vegas. That's going to be a tough place to play. I think they lose that one. I definitely believe they're losing to the Colts, and I think they're losing to the Bucs. This is an 0-5 start, and thankfully the schedule gets easier after that mm-hmm. because they're going to need it to get to nine wins, and they'll probably go nine and three the rest of the way. But this this is not easy for them. No. I mean, I don't know. 0-5 feels extreme. Like, I think they could win one of those Pats or Bills games. I mean, they could even win the Raiders game. But ultimately, it's always going to come down to what the hell are you getting out of Tua Tagovailoa. So I don't really know. It's not quite the Aaron Rodgers-Packers situation here, but the inconsistencies remain at quarterback regardless. Um, Jake, you look at the schedule here, I and mean, I know you're optimistic about the Jets. You know, maybe they could sneak a win out of there here. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah so they, eight, I, eight, nine, nine and eight range sound right to you for them? Or do you nine think and eight. They can maybe sneak a ten – at the end of the season, it's very doable. Okay. But I'm going to triple up. I'm going to triple down, bear down, as my man Matt says. Definitely going to ride on it. I'll say they're right around nine to 10 wins. And yep. it's all going to fall onto his shoulders. What has happened to this AFC East here? I mean, for years, the only team worth a damn was the Patriots. And they were doing, you know, 12, 13 games every year. And now look at this already. Um, we have the Pats at ten wins, and we got the Dolphins lingering around eight, nine wins already. That's a hell of a, a hell of a difference. But then a couple coaching. of years, uh, yep, coaching. coaching, culture changes everywhere, and the Bulls are on the Patriots. And we didn't even get to the team we all probably think is going to win the division yet. Good for the Pretty AFC. Good for <laughs> it's been a long time coming. Now we got to get your Jets back and relevant again, Jacob. Give them two. Give them two years. It'll be fine. <laughs> two years. I'm gonna be fair. Two years. We'll be back in that Rex Ryan. I'm gonna be talking a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> and I'm gonna be happy again, but I'm gonna I'm gonna slow it down. Um, well, you know, I look at the schedule and I could see some really alarming matchups for Tua uh, at Bucks Week Five. Uh, I think the we Colts, the Colts, <laughs> the Colts. I don't fear the Colts as much, but yes, that could be. A, you know, it's, I mean, it's not an easy game by any means. Um, the Ravens on Thursday Night Football. 
Um, the Ravens are always really solid and really good. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that could end up being bad. The good thing is that it's in Miami, not in Baltimore, but nonetheless, um, the Dolphins, for whatever reason, always lose to the Giants. Um, and I have a feeling that'll happen here too. Yeah. And then if Tua has struggled to this point or been inconsistent, my birthday, December 27th, Monday Night Football against the Saints. The Saints are not good this year. They're not going to be good this year. You need to make a statement and show that you're not a complete disaster. So if he gets embarrassed on national television by a Saints team who I don't think is going to be very good, we'll find out by then if the Saints are good, obviously. Um, but it's in the Dome. Saints are still tough to play in the Dome regardless. Um you got to be able to win a game like that with the whole world watching. So um, to me, those are three games on the schedule that I'm pointing to and saying, I need to see stuff out of Tua. And obviously each week I want to monitor how Tua does, but week five is a good barometer. If they start 0-5, Matt, <laughs> they're not going to be <laughs> dependent on Tua being the quarterback of the future, I don't think. I well, Like I said, he'd been out of the building. And once he said that stupid crap, I mean, if you don't know it, don't say it. Just don't say it. That's a lose-lose situation. You, you make yourself sound like – so not only do I think he's lazy, but now I also think he's stupid. Like, <laughs> why say that? Like, you, pretend like you know. I mean, <laughs> just pretend. I, I knew the plays. You know? And I'll say this. That Bills game, perfect example, Randy. He talked about those three picks. He looked terrified. I seen Brett Favre throw six picks in a game, and he didn't think about the pick before that one at all. He just I, kept on chucking them. Yep. I've rooted for Eli Manning for 15 years, bro. <laughs> the guy did not give a single shit if he just threw a pick six or a 70-yard touchdown. He came out the same way. Yeah, yeah. And so. and I don't see that in Tua. Not, not at all. I, I don't either. The Dolphins are super interesting. So I think we're both in the 8-9 win range for the for the Dolphins with uh, caveats for if Tua somehow is good. It could be more. And obviously, if he's a disaster, it could be a lot less. So. Uh, we'll see. Maybe the maybe the Dolphins are picking a quarterback in the first round when we're in Vegas together, Matt Bushman. Uh, who knows? Yeah. I, I'll just say, I mean, they they had a crack at Justin Fields. They had a you know a crack Justin at Herbert. Mac Jones. Yeah, Justin Herbert. Yeah, Justin <laughs> Herbert. I mean, hey, and just think about this: you're Tua Tagovailoa, well, whatever your last name is. I'm sorry, Tua, but you think it would have been a big enough chip with Joe Burrow being drafted in front of you, but no, no, that, that, that wasn't good enough to get you motivated. You got benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Was that good enough to get you motivated? Nope. No. So what is, is it? Jacoby Brissett? Is that your breaking point? Uh, Dolphins super interesting. If, if Brian Flores turns this into a winner, he, he gets my coach of the year. Vote oh, yeah. sure. Fantastic uh, coach. I love I love Brian Flores. All right, now to the presumably presumably the favorite in this division. This is second year in a row we've ended this division with the Buffalo Bills. Matt Bush, no, who knows? Anything's uh, possible. The, the historically known as the lovable losers uh, are con perennial contenders each and every year now. Uh, Matt, I think unfortunately the time has come for us. I believe we owe somebody an apology. Sure, <laughs> hell ain't Henry Maldonado Jr. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not apologizing Josh to Henry, Allen. but I do believe there's a quarterback that plays in Western New York that might need an apology from us. No, no. It's his okay. job. All right. It, it, it's your job. You know, I'll say this about Josh Allen. He knows how to throw the ball to Stephon Diggs. I mean, he's <laughs> excellent at throwing the football to Stephon Diggs. I mean, mm -hmm. that is a really good matchup, a really good pairing. Congratulations, Josh Allen. 
Way to do your job. Well, I will apologize. <laughs> I will apologize to Stefan Diggs because <laughs> That's right, you should. I did call Stefan Diggs overrated. And boy, could I have been not could not have been more wrong on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, Stefan Diggs was incredible last year and now is uh, a top three receiver in the league and played like a number one, uh, you know, the, the number one receiver in the league last year. Um, but I think it goes hand in hand. I do, as much as I uh, think Josh Allen took a leap and, you know, he finished second in that VP voting, maybe third. Uh, I think Stefan Diggs helped. And I think Josh Allen also helped Stefan Diggs because um, Stefan Diggs played with Kirk Cousins. And, you know, the last thing Kirk Cousins is, is a big armed, accurate quarterback. So, um, <laughs> Josh Allen is, you know, a big guy who will stare down Stefan Diggs all day long. And I think that was to his benefit so um look josh allen i thought was a disaster i really thought he was going to be really bad and i thought he had he was stupid and i just thought he was big and had a cannon for an arm and wasn't it wasn't accurate and last year time and time and again he said watch this uh, i'm going to show you that i'm a lot better than you think i am so josh allen hell of a year in 2021 i want to see what him and stefan diggs put together for this year because now you have stefan diggs and then you bring in um the vet there, Emmanuel Sanders, to play opposite mm-hmm. of him. You still have Cole Beasley, Gabriel Davis had moments last year for them, and that's going to be nice too. Um, so the Bills' offense is going to be even more potent this year, I think. Um, and if Josh Allen can continue to build off of that and maybe cut down on some turnovers, I still think he makes dumb mistakes. But ultimately, Josh Allen has been much more than I could have ever imagined. Uh, Matt, you're not going to apologize to Josh Allen apparently, but is there anything you want to say nice about Josh Allen? I think he owes that. I think he earned that from us at least. I mean, he's got a hell of an arm. I mean, that, that, that arm is cannon. Um, <laughs> you, you know, to me, it's just like, okay, yeah, you, you beat up on an injury-plagued Patriots team. You know, you're obviously head and shoulders above Tua. You know, you know no doubt about that. I mean, Josh Allen's a top-five quarterback in the NFL right now, rightfully so. I mean, he's earned that right going into this year. Mm-hmm. But, and he's gotten better each year in the NFL. And, and I think that, you know, helps his case. Now defenses have more tape on you. Now there's a training camp. Now there's a chances for everyone to catch up. And you know what? He may get better with a training camp. I don't know. And you know what? I, I will say this about Josh Allen. For him to make that big of a leap with no practice like this mm-hmm. and no training camp, it was a hell of an effort. And I, my hat's off to you, Josh Allen. You absolutely earned all the praise that you got this year. But one year does not make a quarterback. You know, the reason why we talk about Patrick Mahomes is because Every year he started, it's been something amazing. He's been to the AFC Championship three times, been to two Super Bowls, won one. In three seasons that he's played, he has an MVP award. He's thrown for 50 touchdowns. He's thrown for over 5,000 yards. You know, you, you want to be in that elite, super elite class, you know, that, that's what's expected out of you. Well, you know, I expected a little bit more of an apology out of Matt Bushnell there, but that's okay. <laughs> Um, Jake, Jake, you're, you're a big, you're more of a Josh Allen guy than I would say both of us are. I mean, what a year in 2020 for this man. I, mean, I, know, I wanted him. Or what? I, I wanted him in the draft. I wanted him to sit behind whoever the hell the Jets freaking got a veteran quarterback, let him sit. But Brian Dable, he's a mad scientist. Let me just, I'll call him that because mm-hmm. what he did for this, because that first year to the second, Josh Allen went from a fumbling, bumbling, just didn't know what the hell he was doing. All arm. Just mm-hmm. Marcus, he looking like a white Marcus Russell. Oh, Lord, here we go. <laughs> going. And then the next year, he was, oh, shit. He's starting, to, he's starting to progress. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, my God, of course. We, we couldn't get him. But, yeah, it's just he makes – he does make, most of the time, smart plays. He reads the defenses. If he has to take off, he takes off. He doesn't just 
Oh, check one. Oh, I'm running. No, he looks around. Of course, when you got a legit number one like Stephon Diggs, makes it easier. Mm-hmm. And it was just progression. And look at their offense. Honestly, I will say they went toe-to-toe with Kansas City. They really did. Mm-hmm. And you can't really, you know, hang your head low on that one. You can't drop your head and just go, damn, you yeah, lost to Kansas City. Exactly. There was nothing you could do about it. Mm-hmm. But they were in that game. They were mm-hmm. they were in it. Until the second half, yeah. Until the second and half, yeah. <laughs> I do want to say, if Josh Allen landed on the Jets or Giants in that draft, we're not talking about Josh Allen as a top five quarterback in the NFL. I, I'll, give the Giants, I'll give more of the Giants more of a – It's just not a thing. It's not. I, can say that, I can see the Giants. He's doing well with the Giants. The Jets, no. Pat Shermer still gets fired within two years. <laughs> you know, I, Pat Shermer's a hell of an offensive coach. I, 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 I don't think he gets enough, nearly enough credit for what he can do offensively. Mm-hmm. I, I will say this. If Josh Allen goes to the Jets, maybe they don't hire Adam Gase. Um, I, God, that was such a bad hire. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But no, Ryan Dave was going to be a head coach after the season. Um, yeah. he, oh, yeah. He's getting a head coaching job, so... That's part of it, though. We're talking about Josh Allen being as good as he is because of the coaching staff he has around him. And that's one of my notes. I don't ever put the coaching staff. Sometimes I mention the head coach or Uh offense coordinator, blah, blah, blah. The entire coaching staff of the Buffalo Bills is one of the best staffs in general in the entire league. Um, Sean McDermott is a hell of a coach. And we talk about culture. He came in there five years ago and developed that culture and helped the Bills clinch a playoff berth for the first time in like 20 years. I mean, he really did establish that. And then Brian Dable... Like, I don't know how he's not a head coach already, but the guy is, Jacob put it perfectly, a mad scientist on the offensive side of the ball. You take a guy in Josh Allen, who many considered a, as big of a project as you can get out of Wyoming, of all places. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, like, where the hell is Wyoming? I'm sorry. I, I mean, <laughs> well, you see, Randy, it's up on the upper left-hand corner. This is, I didn't mean for that to turn into a geography lesson. I have an idea of where Wyoming is, but holy hell. Um, yeah, Buffalo, too, you might not be the most uh, prominent place on the map either. But uh, Wyoming is not a hotbed for football by any means. But you put together this team with, around Josh Allen, and he's throwing the ball all over the place to John Brown. And then eventually, you, get, you know, you get Cole Beasley. And then you throw in Stephon Diggs, who was a, mm-hmm. a good player on the Vikings, and then all of a sudden explodes as a superstar receiver on top of that so I mean then a lot of that is a credit to Brian Daywall and his spread west coast type offense right Matt I mean you watch the tape and he runs this very modern progressive offense and I think it's perfect for Josh Allen and what they do uh, each and every week yeah I mean they, they roll him out of his pocket like very rarely do they ask Josh Allen to do something that he's not comfortable doing mm-hmm. you want Josh Allen to roll to the right because that's where he really kind of I may have it backwards. Rolling to the right or left, I'll have to figure it out. But one of those sides, he's very weak at. He doesn't do as good of a job. Um, I, I think actually when he rolls to the left, he's deadly. Maybe. Yes. Yep, the left. Okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they utilize that. They don't ask Josh Allen to do things that he can't do. I, I think a lot of times you see coaching staffs, they, they get in love with their playbook. And they want to be able to call every play in their playbook, no matter their personnel. And I think that sets some coaching staffs and some quarterbacks back. I think that's Adam Gates. Adam Gates wants to call his plays in his playbook, and you're either you fit or you don't. But mm-hmm. damn it, that's what he's going to do. And I think when you take a look at the Bills' coaching staff, their player coaches, and that's not a bad thing. I don't think that you know putting your players in a position, asking your players like, hey, you know, is this what you like? 
What do you feel more comfortable with? How do you want to do it? The comfortability that they have insulated with Josh Allen has been bar none the biggest reason for success for Josh Allen. He landed in the best possible spot to grow as a quarterback. Now, mm-hmm. would Sam Darnold, would Baker Mayfield, like what are these guys? Baker the the, 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 my issue with Baker is that I, I think he believes he's better than what he actually is. Mm-hmm. And therefore, he doesn't improve this game where it needs to be improved at. You know, it's great that you do all these progressive commercials and you're locking yourself out of the Brown Stadium. But, dude, maybe you should spend more time in the training facility. Just saying, my perspective. But um, to me, I, I think it's a perfect combination. The, Josh Allen's put in the work. The coaching staff has put in the work. They've worked in, you know, concert with each other, and it shows. Mm-hmm. And those are the best team mm-hmm. in the AFC East. And I also think – Josh Allen landed in the best city possible because Buffalo was mm-hmm. never going to criticize him to the extremes yeah. of New York City would have. Mm-hmm. And they're going to give him time to develop and he's going to be one of them. And he sort of fits that personality of Western New York. He embraces those awful winters and he, uh, you know, sort of uh, loves the, the Buffalo wings and the, the old uh, hard hat mentality they have over there. Um, so I think Josh Allen did get a blessing there. And just, I'm going to defend myself against Felipe Malicio's comment that I'm a product of the American school system here. Um, I know where Wyoming is. I just a general <laughs> that is Wyoming the most forgettable state uh, in, Amer- in America. Yeah, I would say it's up there as one of the most forgettable ones. Um, but this is not a conversation on states uh, in, in America. I have three college degrees, just for the record. I want everyone to understand that. I mean, I'm but Yellowstone National Park, I mean. <laughs> you could argue you argue the Dakotas or maybe Nebraska or something. Um, <laughs> I mean, but, Wyoming's pretty popular here. I mean, a lot of people go to Yellowstone. Okay, people get Yellowstone. eaten by bears there. People get eaten by wolves. That, you're, you're not helping your argument when you keep going. Uh, I, I mean, you get pushed into geysers and only your skeleton comes out. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, all right. I, I mean, it's like Idaho has potatoes. So like, I, I know more about Idaho. <laughs> the Smurf turf. <laughs> All right. Uh, some concerns about the Bills that I have are, are I'd say, defensively. Um, I, I think that they're pretty weak after Travis White in the secondary. Um, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde are fine, but I think they could be better there. I also think they have a great pass rush, which is why they drafted Gregory Russo late in the mm-hmm. first round. But this is the first time we're going to talk about this um, COVID-related uh, coming into this 2021 season. It was a huge talking point last year. But many teams are releasing now their vaccination rates. And um, the Bills aren't even in the bottom three. However, they do have the most outspoken anti-vaxxer in the league. And whether that is a cause for concern health-wise or potentially missing games, it has to be causing a rise in the locker room um, because I think the league itself is trying to get to 70% and the Bills in general have done a good job. But Cole Beasley um, has had quite the presence on social media against this whole thing. And honestly, I don't care what your stance is on it. I totally respect everyone's opinion, especially if you have like long-term health concerns. But if this is some conspiracy um, involving the government, this is not that kind of show. But in general, these are concerns I have. When maybe this could impact the locker room more than we know. And I think it's impacting the Yankees a little bit right now more than they're willing to admit to. Um, Matt, I'll start with you. Uh, any sort of issue? Any like? Are you, are you skeptical of this? Because to me, I would prefer the team to be on the same page. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to feel of the guy like Cole Beasley on the roster right now. I don't have an issue if you speak intelligently on the matter about vaccines. If you've done the research and you've looked into it and I'm talking CDC ingredients, you know, like you've actually talked to people that have experienced side effects and then you've talked to people that didn't experience side effects. Mm-hmm. I mean, making informed decisions is important in any walk of life. You know, I, I will never criticize anybody that has put in the work to make a decision as long as they have informed themselves and did the work. To me, Cole Beasley comes off as an ignorant jackass who is talking just to hear his own voice at this point and wants to believe in some fairy tale made up thing about a virus that he knows very little about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, football is probably the biggest sport where you just, the coaches don't want the distraction. Right. Other players don't want the distractions. They don't, no, no one wants to talk about you know, another player that, you know, they want to talk about themselves, obviously, first and foremost, or, you know, most of the times they're going to talk about the quarterback and how great the quarterback is or how great your defensive leader is. Cole Beasley is a middling slot receiver on a good NFL team. Mm -hmm. Does he help the Bills offense? Absolutely. But he's not irreplaceable. You know, there's another guy out there in some of these smaller schools that will do what Cole Beasley is willing to do. Mm-hmm. And I think Cole Beasley is thinking he's more important than what he really is to an NFL football team. Like I said, if you want to talk intelligently about the matter, please do so. Right. But and to me, once you're outspoken about something and then other players have to speak on your behalf on this, and then potentially you could have an outbreak and it could cause you to miss games or miss yeah. players for weeks on end and cost you games, I think that could cause problems down the road. Um, Jacob, you see, have you seen anything that Cole Beasley has said? I mean, if I, if I was a fan, I'd be a little concerned about um, the chemistry in that locker room just because in general, I think people would disagree with him. And, you know, I don't know how easy it is to get over that sort of thing, but I, I think in general, uh, this could cause problems down the line. It could be even worse for them. Once again, I have no problem with that, but, um, <laughs> but let's be honest with it's, I just dislike the people that don't take this seriously. You know, you've seen a lot of players have it, go through it. You know, myself, you know, I have COVID. It's, it's not a joke. You know, it's basically, it sucks. You know, you're tired. You know, luckily I just had the whole tire and I felt woozy when I get up. I just didn't feel right. And that was it. You know, I'm glad I was able to recover. But there's a reason why almost did a million people died. There's, there's a reason for that. It's not bullshit when you start seeing people dropping like flies because of it. And then you do that. You're basically risking the lives of all of your teammates that you so-called care about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's a brotherhood. As Matt, you know, you would know more than that. You actually, I think both of you played football. You played on teams and basically it's a brotherhood in there. You know, you play for each other. You live for each other because you're with each other a lot. And something like that, you can't play around with and it's ignorant coming off that way and you're being about yourself and with if that's me i don't want to be around them get the hell out of here i don't care how productive you are you can yeah. ruin your season like now you you get cold with the job like something happened you get covered you know god forbid and something happened with josh allen <laughs> Who, who's their number two go yeah. ahead matt <laughs> I got you know all fun. about their number two Matt Barkley still, maybe? I don't know. Oh, Mitch Trubisky. Oh, yeah. Right. Money Mitch, yeah. baby. Yeah, I mean, hey, Mitch can run to the sidelines. He's good at that. 
Yeah, uh, right. he'll throw a back-breaking pick six. All right. Anyway, uh, in this world we live in now, everything is so polarized, and people are incapable of just having conversations, sort of like the one mm-hmm. we're having right now. Um, if you do have an issue, if you're questioning some things, I have no issue with that. I, I know a lot of people who are concerned about a lot of things, and I have respect out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, just going about it in a certain way, a professional way, and like voicing your concerns, communicating with the people in your locker room, like, hey, this is why I'm not doing this. You know, uh, people can understand anyone as long as you communicate the right way. Mm-hmm. I just disagree with how he's going about it. So, um, with that said, let's bring up the Bills' schedule here and talk about uh, you know some of the expectations we have for them because they this is a Final Four team in 2021 and they they came short of their Super Bowl dreams against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So, um, oh, this is the 2020 schedule. What the hell am I doing? Um, <laughs> nine, nine takeaways, though, baby. Nine takeaways. <laughs> nine takeaways. Apparently, I got to pull up the right one here, don't I? Uh, that would help, wouldn't it? Um, well, that's the first error on the show for me today. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we could point out all the wins and losses they had last year. That would have been pretty easy. Hey, man, I'll go. I'll go 16 for 16. Exactly. We, we would know everything. Um, all right. So now I have the 2021. That is correct. All right. Well, I'm the, the American uh, public health system is, or public school system, as Felipe would say, has failed me right now. Um, here it is. The 2021 schedule. Um, look, I don't know if it's uh, any harder or worse than the other earlier ones. I think, you know, they get the Chiefs. They get the Washington football team. That's a little bit more tough. They obviously have a first place schedule, but they still play a lot of the same teams. And I think that they are good enough to overcome those, you know, three tough games that they play there. Um, and, you know, I think they even could be Washington in that games at home. So, um, you know, marinating, marinating on the schedule, Matt Bushnell. I mean, I, I think this team is far and away the division champion in 2021. Yeah. I, you know, there, there's so many things here that I take a look at and I, I see 14 and three, 14 and three just comes and screams at me because they're the most talented team in the division. They're the second best team in the AFC. I think bar none. I, uh-huh. I said, I think Pittsburgh is one of the worst teams in the NFL in this coming season. I don't believe in Tua. I, I would pick Washington in this spot, but they just don't have a quarterback that I believe in. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick? No, no man. Tyler Heineke? No, <laughs> no, I, I don't see it. Houston's the worst team I see. And I, I think their first loss comes at Kansas City. That's going to be, you know, the Chiefs are a different animal. And I think this is the Kansas City revenge tour. I, you know, and then the Titans. So, so right now we're at five and one. I think they beat the Dolphins, the Jags, the Jets. Um, I, Colts may provide a little resistance. That will be a game that you have to watch out for. And then the Bucks game. Mm-hmm. Every other one of these games, I could see them winning. And I, you know, I, I go fourteen and three. I just take a look at it. You know, Bucks, Colts, Chiefs. Maybe the Patriots can steal a game, but that's it. I, I don't see them losing more than three or four games. I mean, it's a favorable schedule when you put oh, it that yeah. way. Mm-hmm. You know, it really is. Um, you know, I, I think the Colts could give them problems. I think the Titans could give them problems. I think they've given them problems in the past. But um, overall, I mean, this, this schedule is nice for them, Jake. Uh, you take a look at the schedule here. I think Washington's going to give them issues, although it's at home. So I still think they win that game. I think Kansas City is obviously their toughest game, and the Bucks are the toughest game. The rest of the schedule, like like the match just laid out, not that, that, not that bad for Buffalo. No, that's not. Not at all, man. And they're gonna be walking on sunshine November seventh. I see that one right now. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but the Jets might—they might actually. I'll say they might lose to the Jets that January night, that last game. Yeah, could be, they, yeah. because they 
they're not going to be playing anybody. So it's basically they're gonna, that's going to be the throwaway game. So I can say the tops four losses. But yeah, like you guys said, just mark it. They're going to be the division winners unless something catastrophic happens. Yeah. See the yeah. Bills hoisting another freaking AFC East title. It's, it's kind of going to be like the Patriots all over. I can have a feeling because the team is that good and they can make with the talent, they can maintain it for a long stretch of time. But yeah, Buffalo Bills, it's, that's it. I don't necessarily think we should just overlook the Titans and, you know, Emmanuel Davila in the comments have said that too. You know, the Titans are not just a pushover team. Oh, no. I don't think we should. And that's Monday Night Football, so all eyes will be on both these teams doing that. So that's going to be a hell of a matchup. I think that's going to be a great game. And also, all right. The Bills, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, all right. (laughs) The Patriots are not just this pushover team as we just talked about. How are we just going to assume the Bills are going to walk into New England and win that game, or vice versa? I mean, they—they're not. There's no guarantee they just take both from the Pats. Like I could see them splitting that too. So I mean, I'm just—I know it's easy schedule, and I like a lot of them, and I like their matchups for a lot of these teams. But you know, teams don't win every game they're supposed to. Yes, that'd be true. All right. right. (laughs) Here I go now. Here I go. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about Tennessee here. They were terrible defensively. I agree. Pass rushing, that they couldn't find one. Are we really depending on Bud Dupree with the torn ACL to be 100% when he comes back? Uh, not buying it. They lost to Davian Clowney. So, you know, that could be an addition by subtraction, depending on you look at it. And then they drafted a cornerback, Caleb Barely, who's got a perpetually bad back. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's your first-round pick. And then – this is the biggest thing that concerns me. And we talked about it with the Jets. When you have a defensive minded head coach and you lose your offensive architect, mm-hmm. what what do you end up with? Arthur Smith, you know, the, his concepts, everything he called, the rhythm, that helped Derrick Henry. Great. You got Derrick Henry, you got um, Brown, AJ Brown, and you got mm-hmm. Julio Jones. What's Ryan Tannehill now without the guy that makes him feel the most comfortable, the guy that he's used to hearing in his headset? Sure. You know, to, to me, I don't fear the Titans. I, I don't. There's nothing there that scares me. The Bills could put up 35 points in a blink of a, in a blink of an eye against that defense, and it would not surprise me. Do I think the Titans could put up 35 points on the Bills? I do not. I, I think the Bills are better defensively, which is kind of damning seeing how Mike Vrabel's their head coach. And then the Patriots, like I said, we are counting a lot on the Cam Newton basket. Like this offense is still challenged. They have a lot of, Chris Ballard said it, he didn't want to spend A money on B plus, on B plus players. The mm-hmm. Patriots signed a lot of B plus players. Dante Hightower is coming back and he's their most important piece. And I think we can all agree on that. But keep in mind, this mm-hmm. is an old team still. This is not a young team. Nikhil Harry wants out. Their wide receiver group is still, yeah, Julian Edelman's retired now. So Janu Smith and who's the other? Hunter Henry is their other mm-hmm. tight end. So, you know, they'll go a lot of two tight end sets. There's a, still a lot of question marks with New England. And, yes, they could steal a game. It, it's it's possible. But I can see that game December 26th in New England. Belichick just dialing up a good defensive gem on Josh Allen. And then we're questioning whether we trust Josh Allen heading into the postseason. That's all I can, I can just see that happening. If Josh Allen was a rookie or in his second year, maybe, but, but now I believe in Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is going to ascend to that next level. 
to me, I, I just think, are they going to be racing with Kansas City? You know, but my only question is, what do they have to play for in week 16, 17, and 18? And if Kansas City is just stepping on everyone's throat and they go 17 and 0, um, just throwing that out there, um, you know, m- maybe they don't play people. But this is, to me, if Buffalo does not get the one or two seed, it is a massive failure. This season would have been a failure for them because there's nobody in the AFC that I look at that can hang with Kansas City other than Buffalo. Well, I do like a team that could compete with the Chiefs, but they can't come in second because they're in the same division. But we're going to talk about the AFC West coming up here, and that that team I love so very much is the Chargers. So. <laughs> uh I'm big on the Chargers this year. We're going to talk about them in the coming weeks here, but they obviously can't be the two seed. If they make the wild card, that would be. You know, <laughs> um, but hey, those are all good points. Uh, I just I did want to give him the benefit. I just wanted yep. to talk about you know he had issues with the Titans there. It's okay. Um, as the Jags just not ready yet. That's all I'm going to say. The Jags not ready. <laughs> they might put up a fight. They might be an entertaining game. They're just not ready yet. Um, so okay, you say fourteen and three. I'll say thirteen and four. Jake, what about you? And, you know, what are the, the ceiling for the Bills here seems pretty high. Yeah, I'll go thirteen and four. I think my Jets are still that last game <laughs> and, and ruin that record a little bit more. But they still win thirteen games. They still gonna kick the hell out of everybody in the division. Let's be let's be honest. You know what's going to happen, right? Mitch Trubisky going to play that game, and he's going to light you guys up, and then Bushel's going to go, Mitch, MVP. Probably get him another contract. And get him a contract somewhere. <laughs> he's he's going to make a lot of money as a backup quarterback in the league. Absolutely. There's no doubt about that. That works. Yeah, will. I agree with that. All right. Well, hey, that's the AFC, that's the AFC East, and uh, damn good division now. Well, I cannot believe I'm saying that after all these years. That is a competitive division <laughs> yep. with all these teams that are very watchable, so good for you guys. Um, Jake, hey, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure to get to sit down and talk some sports with you. I got to hop on the, the step back and talk some NBA finals. Yes. Uh, I, got, I got some takes. I got to do that here soon, too. <laughs> um, but before we go, you know, what's, what's the next time the step back is going to be on? We will be on, actually, we're going to be on tonight, right after you guys. Tonight. Yes, because tonight. we're going to do, I believe, the 10 year anniversary of the 2011 draft, the Kyrie Irving. Okay. You know, we're going to run over the, where are they now? So it's going to be funny as hell. Um, I have some thoughts on a lot of them. So just, yeah. if y'all want to tune in, definitely do it. But, and double of course, duty, oh yeah, we're doing double duty. Then we're going to be back on Friday. And, you know, we're going to bring the smoke. But definitely thank you guys for having me on. You know your shit. I always get in the comments. I love watching you guys. The knowledge is there. You guys have me cracking up. Perfect tandem. Yeah. But, like I said, two years. The Jets coming for your asses, all right? <laughs> I, I always appreciate your thoughts, Jacob. And, you know, you're a great guy. Um, thought, one thought about the 2011 draft to this day, I still cannot believe that Kyrie Irving played eight career games in college at Duke and everyone was cool with him being the number one overall pick. That was it. He tore the, tore the ACL. <laughs> and it still wasn't a bad pick. I, I, I had oh, doubts, wow. crazy doubts for it at the time. Right, same here. And I'm just, you know, me and Duke, I was just like, hey, you guys, the kid's going to make it. He was just good, though. I mean, you, you yeah. saw what he can do. Break everybody off the dribble. He can shoot. I mean, it was, it was worth it. I mean, now he just likes to take, you know, weeks off. But <laughs> what can you do? Can't predict that. Uh, Matt Bushnell, we have so many other shows, too, uh, on top of the Step Back and our Life Group umbrella. You want to tell us about them? Absolutely. We have Dong City on Wednesdays with Vince Marcadetti and Henry Maldonado Jr. Really a fantastic show. And, you know, Vince and Henry – 
they're battling a Yankee season that is a little disappointing, and obviously so is our host here, Randy Hammond, who happens to be in a bet with this White Sox fan, and it's not looking too promising there, Randy, I must say. It's starting to, you got me thinking about what I'm going to have you do now, and then... Right. Thursday, we have the Workshop Wrestling Podcast with Corey Richmond and Jason Brooks. There's a lot of stuff going on in the wrestling world. I guess there's a guy that no one can see that has returned. Um, I don't know who he is. I've never seen him. I And the rumor <laughs> has it, no one's ever seen him. So that'll be an interesting feud. I'm the Invisible Man. And then Friday, like Jacob said, the Step Back Podcast with him and Leon Tompkins. It was going to be very interesting because we'll we may have an NBA champion at that point. And the player who I think has will take his rightful place as King of the North, Giannis. Giannis, you know, I thought Phoenix would win the series, but Giannis is an X factor. Just great to watch him. Love watching Giannis. Bucks and so. six. <laughs> man, Corey Decker's taking this one hard. And oh, he, man, he is. He is taking this one hard. So he's, he's going to get on the show. If they lose, we're gonna be on the show, Randy. We, we might need you. That's okay. He, he, he's getting he's getting the smoke because he can't. I told him, man. I was like, the finals are different, and when you get there, you go. Yeah. Obviously, Randy, uh, fuck both of you. Actually, I'll, I'll just say that right now. I just have to say this. All right, here y'all go enjoying y'all six rings and your seventeen <laughs> rings. Here I am with two. Uh, shut up, FMJ two. Love you, Kobe. We miss you. Happy. I mean. Fuck all y'all, though. Fuck y'all rings. <laughs> all right. So, also, we have the, the Total Basis podcast on Sunday mornings, the fantasy yeah. baseball show with Felipe and Sean Flannery. Don't want to miss that either. Uh, second half of the baseball season trade deadline coming up. You're not going to want to miss those guys. And then we'll be back next Tuesday, right, Matt? You're going to be back home in Arizona. We're going to be doing the uh, NFC West. I will not be back in Arizona at that time. Um, <laughs> I will be in Wisconsin at that time, unfortunately. Okay. So celebrating Giannis Day. Uh, so are you out? So you're out or I'll be back with uh, some guests next week? Is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. You'll be back with some guests next week. I, I will be out. I'll be sitting there. Right. I'll have to tag somebody in. Yep. Uh, NFC West, you know, we got we got a lot of fans in the NFC West, most notably our fearless leader, Henry Maldonado Jr. Uh, He'll be joining me to talk some 49ers. Um, I know what Matt's going to be doing. Huh? I know what Matt's going to be doing. He's trying to recruit Aaron Rodgers. You think he's slick? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> no, nope. I don't fraternize uh, with the enemy. Laying down some bet rules just for the record here. Oh, not gosh. wearing any Red Sox stuff. I'm, I'm beefing pretty hard with Mets fans, so I'm not wearing any Mets stuff. You can't I'm not wearing that. Cowboys or Eagles stuff. Other than that, I'll, I'll wear a Mitch Trubisky jersey. I'll wear Bears, White Sox, Cubs, whatever you got. <laughs> you know what? <sighs> This, oh. is, this, is, this is really hard because it's just like, you know, I, I wanted you to go to a Yankees game wearing a Mets jersey, nope. David Wright. You know, I, I thought a David Wright jersey would suit Actually, you well. I have an idea if that's just the case you want to go because I'm going to make Mets fans look real bad if I do that. That's all I'm going to oh, say. Oh, no, the hell you not. Never mind. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I'll be throwing a baseball at Yankee players. It's making Mets fans look bad. That's what I'll be doing. Because I get that apparently is the worst thing in the world. So it's never been done in any place in the world other than Yankee Stadium. <laughs> you know, I'll keep it classy though, because you know what? I shouldn't do that to you, make you wear, you know, an opposing team that you actively root against, you know. So I'll probably have you 
um, don a White Sox jersey or, you know, mm. Mitch Trubisky's low-hanging fruit, you know, he's not <laughs> even important. Oh, well, we're still got some time to discuss, and who knows, maybe the Yankees will be playing the White Sox in the first round of the playoffs, which will make our bet a lot more interesting. So, oh, God. Um, yep. We'll have to see. That's wishful thinking on my part, too. But who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, that does it for the episode 66 of Football Life Presents the Audible. It has been a long one, but hey, I thought it was a good sure. one, too. It's been a pleasure to hang out with both of you guys and everyone in the comment section. We greatly appreciate all the support. We're live on Facebook, on YouTube, all the audio only platforms. So we greatly appreciate all the support each and every week. So wherever you are listening in the world, maybe it's Wyoming. And however you are listening, <laughs> thank you guys so much for making us a small part of your day. I'm Randy Hammond on behalf of Matt Bushnell and Jacob Moses saying see you guys next week.